In the previous session, we spoke about the shofar as a ceremonial blast to salute Kaddish Baruch as king, or as an expression of prayer and request of compassion for mercy. Today, I'd like to address the issue of how indeed does the shofar achieve this? How does the shofar allow us to express? Some create a petition for mercy. How's it led? On one level, and we mentioned this in one of the previous sessions, the shofar is the most primeval voice. It's man, not sophisticated man. It's either man at his most exposed, man in his most natural form, who realizes how dependent he is upon the outside world and the Kaddish Baruch Hu how he's not self-sufficient, how he's exposed to the elements, to disease, to famine, and the like. And therefore he expresses the sphere through the medium of weeping, sobbing, and natural voice, the shriek of the animal, the Rebbe's phrase, Shomeret Tfilah Dechikom because Rebbe hears the cries of all flesh, through the animal, who's cornered, who feels that he's, um, that he's threatened, the natural uttering, the shriek, is what the shofar is. Another level, it's man, helpless. One of the main sources of shofar is the mother of sister crying after she's lost her entire world. There's a person facing uh, lost devastation breaks down, with man as most helpless, paradoxically, is most ready because we're to have mercy upon him when man recognizes how helpless he is and how devastated he is and how his powers cannot stand up because Rahul intercedes. However, there's another element as well, it's upon this I have to focus the moment. The Ramban, speaking Quinta Kabbalah, has the following comment. Rabban states that the shofar, or Shoshana, excuse me, is dev din, judgment. It's not rachamim, it's not dev mercy, it's dev judgment, in which accountability is the primary element. Unlike in Kippur, which is dev rachamim, a day which is essentially dev relationship, one in which mercy, love, is the controlling element, in Rosh Hashanah, the controlling element is that of justice, of deen, of accountability, and uh, this is the difference between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. The abundant adds, though, the role of the shofar is to transfer Kaddish Baruch Hu from Kisei Din to Kisei Rachami. Kaviyachal, he gets off the Kisei of Din, he leaves the throne of judgment, the judicial accountability uh, role, and he moves to a throne of compassion, of mercy, and this is achieved by the shofar. In the Ramban's phrase, the Pasuk, Allah Elohim B'Turah, Hashem B'Kol Shofar, because what was elevated through the shofar is not only His majesty, as we spoke about last time, the majesty that glorifies 
and is saluted by the shofar, but rather Allah Elokim Elokim leaves the kisay of Din, he leaves the throne of justice, and goes to the throne of compassion. Allah Nabandi plays off the interchange how the passive changes or switches from Elokim, which is Vidat Adin, which is the divine attribute of justice, to Hashem Khoshafar, which is the name usually associated with mercy. So Allah Elokim Bitra, Elokim, the God of justice, the God who exhibits the attribute of justice, is elevated and transferred to, through the medium of the Shofar, to Hashem, which is the personal relationship, as the Kuzari emphasized, which is the God of Rachamim and Rachmanus. The Ramban states this, point to Kabbalah, he then adds, the Pasuk later on, Ki Tiferet Uzamu Ata, Tiferet in Kabbalah means the fusing, the two elements, is now no longer Din, it's no longer harsh judgment, it's rather Din Rachamim. It's, integra- it's integrating Din with Rachamim. The, it remains a Din, but one in which Rachamim is imposed upon it, or superimposed upon it, and therefore the entire Din is then acted out or th- through the prism of the attribute of mercy. In the Rabban's framework of reference, this has to do with Kabbalah, which of course is another attempt to explain neither in this medium or in any other medium. However, I'd like to offer an explanation, non-Kabbalistic, uh, though metaphorical, to try to explain what the Shofar is out to achieve. To begin with, I'd like to quote an additional Medrash, which is quoted by many of Yishonim, and we got Rosh Hashanah. But another passage that we also proclaim during the time of Shukri Shofar, Pasuk is a Shreham Yudei Trua, Hashem Apanecha Aleichu, glorified or Ashrei, or it's wonderful to be the nation that knows Trua, Yudei Trua. Now, if the idea is that knows how to blow, to stick a ram's horn in your mouth, to be able to create sounds, simply to blow wind through a horn. And end up having sound, of course, Amin is not unique in that. Even Shreya Medei Tura has to somehow relate to the nation that knows the secret of Tura. It's privy to the mystery, the secret of the Tura. And what uh, is that? So, before we, the medicine is as follows. Eze Umar there's no nation like Am Yisrael that's familiar with Kaddish Baruch Hu's manners and ways it's customary or the normal way of the world is if a nation or a person has a judgment he has an appointment in court he's indicted he has to present himself if not in court he has to undergo he has to undergo undergo some check um, he is uh, up for inspection he's in dread and fear and uh, he's uncomfortable he wears solemn clothing 
he this not he's not joyous, he's not happy, he's not glad, he's somber, he's fearful, he dreads the day, he dreads the appointment. They celebrate, they dress up joyously. And why? Because they know the Kosh will basically quit them. Or he will give them a Ketivah v'chatimah tova. How does the Shofar do this? What's the idea of the Shofar? I'd like to make the following suggestion. The Shofar, the Deen, or the man-God relationship, or the Am Yisrael-God relationship, expresses itself through two maybe three major mediums. Tanakh has three basic metaphors of relationships to express our relationship with Baruch Hu. One is the master, master and slave, king and subject, commander and soldier. The basic idea that the master and the subordinate uh, slave, servant, uh, whatever. Yitzartich Eved Li Yishayal claims, and there are many such psukim throughout Tanakh. Avino Malkeinu. He's our king. We're subordinate to him. We, we have to do mitzvah because he demands it of us, and so on and so forth. The second, uh, the second relationship, of course, is that of husband and wife, lover and beloved, chatan kala, dod and ra'aya, which we, uh, which we read, of course, in Shashirim. It's the major expression of Sadiyan Tanakh. We just read it in the Haftarahs of Shabbat and that of God and man being in union as a married couple. The Gemara says in Yoma that on Yom Tov they would open the parochas or the kaparas in the Mikdash and they would say to the, the parochas and they would say to the Regalim Ruchi Batchem Makom Ki Chibat Zachar Nekeva Look at the Kruvim intertwined as male and female, and see how Kashbaruch Hu, the symbol of God's love, as that of a male to a female. And the third metaphor, the one which the Torah mainly utilizes, is that of the parent-child. You're God's children. I'm Yisrael, the chosen son, the Bechor. The parent-child relationship, of course, combines within it elements of both mastery, authority, on the one hand, combined with love, and a deep personal relationship. That's why it's probably the best of the, of the three, because it fuses the two others together, in a sense. At any rate, we have, on the one hand, authority, subordination, majesty, transcendental glory, malkeino. We have, on the other hand, of course, a much closer to a relationship. As we say, as we blow shofar, im kevanim, im kavadim, im kevanim, rachamena kechem avabanim. If we're a child, Tios is a child, with all that implies in terms of love, in terms of uh, soft, uh, loving treatment, im kavadim, in enchatluyot, we hope, and we hang upon every word, hope it will nevertheless justify us. And this duality, which is at the root of the Ramban's transition from Deen to Rachami. We begin with Melacha Kam Klobich Vodecha. Because Rachu reigns over the whole world. 
His majesty expresses itself. Part of the majesty appearing in the world is taking account, is demanding accountability, is inspecting and investigating human doings. This is the Deen that we, in, we described in Tanatokhev. Everyone is overwhelmed, fearful, dreading the moment in which the all-powerful, omnipotent king will come and inspect his account, see his, look at his balance sheet. What the Mishnah describes, each person going through the gate and being inspected individually. That creates Midat Hadin. On the other hand, Kaddish Baruch Hu is certainly a lover, but also as a parent, will treat us differently. And it's at this crucial junction that the Shofar enters into the picture. The Shofar so is, so to speak, a secret language. It's as if you have a child, to use a metaphor, you have a child who goes to school, He's the son of the principal. He's a favorite son. He's a, he's a favorite student. He's a close friend. And as he approaches his inspection, he sort of makes a signal. He winks. He says some kind of signal to imply that there's a special relationship. The person goes to the army. He's somehow able to get it across that Mfaket Chativa, whatever, uh, his brigadier, uh, his brigade commander, knows his best friend of his parents, or any other uh, such mementos or tokens through which you're able to leave a message that even though formally there's a thought and subordination, nevertheless, don't forget that there's an additional relationship. And of course, a wise and clever person, although not necessarily exhibiting it, We'll certainly take this into account and we'll make sure that the accountability will be tempered by the relationship. To express it differently, I'll tell a very good Ramital story. Ramital failed eight driving tests. By the eighth time, when he was really hopeless, uh, at the end of the eighth test, he came to the, he came to the person who was in charge of the test put his arm over his shoulder and said to him, look, it's pointless. I'm not going to improve. I'm not a kid. I'm not a child anymore. I won't behave recklessly. Let's get... Do me a favor. Just give me Yachamim and uh, give me the license because uh, I will not be... I will not be any better. Just, you know, just uh, treat, me as, treat me as a person. And, uh, and of course, with his charm and charisma, he was able to do it... Uh, and even though he flunked the eighth test, he nevertheless he got the license. As anyone who ever drove in a car with him is well aware. Um, <clears throat> but that's basically the point. The point is, rather than be taking accountability on the merits of the case alone, he was able to elevate it to a relationship. It now became two adults, and it became an adult in which the person who tested the inspector began to look at him as an adult, as a person, as a person uh, who was interested in helping and not simply another case, just to check with a checklist of yes or no. And this is exactly what we try to do the shofar. What the shofar is, we say Kedosh Baruch Hu. From one perspective, from a universal perspective, like everybody else, 
we are no different than just a mankind. And you treat us like everybody else. And by doing so, we will have the same standard of harsh justice. And we dread that. But wait a minute. Don't forget, we also have a relationship. And we remind you to the shofar. The shofar is the secret voice. The shofar is the omen, is the memento, is the token voice, is the hidden signal in which we try to signal Kaddish Baruch Hu that we also have a relationship. If you want, this is the idea of the We use the shofar not only as a call, as a trumpet call to justice, as a clarion to tell everyone to be summoned to, to a judgment, we, use, we also at the same time are quite clear to convey the idea of the Akedah. The person or the people you want to judge, Avinu's great-grandchildren. The, this shofar hints and reminds and recollects the Akedah and therefore treats us differently. If you want, it's the shofar expressed in the shofar Har Sinai. If you want, it's simply the voice of the shofar in and of itself expressing our private relationship with the Kodesh Baruch Hu. And this is how the shofar works. You have the shofar, you have the shofar, which as we blow it, we sort of winking to Kodesh Baruch Hu. This is a signal that we should be treated differently. And by doing so, he goes to Kisei Din, to Kisei Yachamim. He reminds himself that the treatment should be that of a special relationship. Um, and in a sense, this is the idea that the says in the second Hashanah, why they blow when they're sitting, meaning the first three kolos before Musaf, here's the Yushav, the three kolos, three shofar blows during Musaf. To confuse the Satan. Rashi states, it's simply a sign that we like the mitzvah and the Satan cannot cope with the fact that we like the mitzvah and don't see us a burden. However, in the context we're saying now, I think this is the idea. Shmona Esra is a time of deen. As we spoke in previous sessions, Zichronos proclaim the fact that there's a deen going on. The Shabbat of Zichronos can either summon us to a deen, or can be our sobbing and weeping in the deen. However, the shofar of Tkiyos the Yushav, the shofar which comes prior to the deen, that's a shofar we blow secretly before. It's a shofar which says, Baruch Hu, don't forget when you go to the deen, don't forget to treat us specially. And this shofar which we blow early confuses the Satan, because it says to the Satan, we are we're his favorite child. He loves us. He treats us with a special attitude. And this shofar confuses the Satan utterly by expressing a special relationship. And therefore, the shofar of Kizdim uh, Yushav prior to Kizdim Umad is the shofar which is Roberta Satan. Amen. We shall have we shall be able to experience through the shofar the idea of the special relationship because we're switching from Kisei Din to Kisei Rachamim.